All right, so welcome back into Lavelle Edwards Stadium here in Provo, Utah, where the final score tonight is Utah State 45 and BYU 20. The total offense numbers will have ended up very close, but the game itself was not tonight. Uh, total offense, 388 for Utah State, 361 for BYU. The Cougars actually had their best passing day in some time, 322 yards. The rush was totally abandoned as BYU was down so big. In fact, most of BYU's rush yards came on one play. Zach Wilson, a 26-yard run on BYU's final possession of the game. 26 of BYU's 39 rush yards on the night. 39 yards on 16 carries for BYU. So they had to throw, 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 and uh, to not much effect. They were only one for nine on third downs, one of the number of numbers that went the Aggies' way on this evening. The Aggies ran 70 plays to BYU's 66. On their third down tries, they were five for 12. Matt Wells will bemoan the 12 penalties for 125 yards. And it really was the one thing that Utah State was doing that kind of kept BYU uh, either furthering drives or keeping hope alive late in half number one. That hope soon dissipated in half number two as the Aggies pulled away. And on this day, the turnover number, minus three in the margin, is definitive and decisive uh, for Utah State over BYU as the Cougars now in their last two games against the Aggies have gone minus nine in the turnover margin. And at minus nine, you're probably going to go 0-2, and, and that's exactly what BYU has done. Mangum, 27 of 46 for 270, two touchdowns and a pick. Zach Wilson in relief goes 3 of 4, 52 touchdown, no picks, and a nice run mixed in there. Zach Wilson was actually BYU's leading rusher tonight. Uh, at 25 yards, including a 26-yard gain and a one-yard loss. And so Zach Wilson gave BYU a spark late and will provoke a discussion that will be uh, a healthy and vibrant one this week about what to do with the starting quarterback spot moving forward. He's, he gave BYU a spark. It's what he does. It's who he is. And the question is, is it enough to earn him more time on this team? Talon Shumway, five catches for 110, becomes just the second BYU receiver to have a 100-yard day in the Satake era, and they both come in losses. Aleva Hifo at ECU last year and Talon Shumway tonight here against Utah State, which beats BYU by 25 points. Jordan Love, 18 of 28, buck 65, four touchdowns, no picks. Passer rating of 160.9. Darwin Thompson, 109 yards on the ground to lead the Aggies. And through the air, uh, Jalen Green, five catches for 53 to pace Utah State in both tallies. He also had a touchdown catch. Those are some numbers of note. As for how this game got to 45-20, our halftime score mark was 21-7 in favor of Utah State. And they just picked up with the left off in quarter number three. That's right. Their first two possessions to start the second half, they get touchdowns. They uh, took the ball 81 yards for a TD. Jordan Love hit uh, Jalen Love with a <laughs> Jalen Green with a uh, six-yard TD pass in the end zone. A PAT good by Dominique Eberly. And then in their second possession of the half, they followed up with a drive of uh, 82 yards. This time, uh, Jordan Love hit John. Quavian Tarver. Ron, Ron, Ron Quavian. Ron Quavian Tarver. Yeah. With a four-yard TD pass. Dominique Eberly uh, good with the PAT. And BYU then was able to put a, together a drive and uh, be able to uh, make a couple plays and get a score. So, first of all, BYU gets the ball out of the hole and out to midfield on this play. Three-step drop. Mangum looking to his left, looking middle, steps out of a sack. Running to the right, looking downfield, throwing deep again. He's got Shumway downfield, and it is caught by Talon at the 30-yard line. There's a deep ball. And the longest completion of the season, dare I say, for Mangum and this BYU offense. 4.34 to go in the third. Tanner did a good job getting away from pressure tonight and uh, still being able to throw the football. In fact, he does it again in order to get the score on this play. A play fake, a look left. 
A push out to the right. A throw on the run for the end zone. It is caught for a touchdown by Dylan Colley. His first touchdown is a BYU Cougar. And the Cougars make it 35-13 with the PAT pending. Throwing on the run to his right. Mangum to Colley. And the Cougars score. Nine-yard touchdown throw. PAT was missed. Leaving the score at the end of the third quarter, 35-13. USU recovered a BYU fumble near midfield, and uh, Jordan Love capped that drive with a two-yard run. PAT was good by Eberly, 42-13 for USU. Got the ball in position to score again, but BYU holds, and Dominique Eberly kicked a 45-yard field goal to give USU their 45 points in the football game. But BYU does uh, come back. Zach Wilson enters the game and gives him a spark with this scramble. Zach Wilson in gun on first and 15. Steps up in the pocket, takes off to run. Wilson gets to midfield. First down and more. 45-42 yard line of Utah State. What a move he put on a defender and just left him standing as he uh, shook him left and right and then went left. And uh, then uh, Zach Wilson was able to put... uh, a touchdown pass into the end zone on this play. Zach Wilson has checked in late for Tanner Mangum. Lopini Katoa is the setback to his left. Quick fire near side. Catch made by Romney. Wheels away from the defender. 10, 5, alive. Into the end zone. Touchdown. Gunnar Romney with his first touchdown as a BYU Cougar. That's one of those five-yard catches that turns into a 23-yard TD pass with Gunnar Romney showing a lot of moves as he was able to elude tacklers down the sideline and tight rope it into the end zone. Andrew Mickelson was good with the PAT, making the final score 45 for Utah State and 20 for BYU. Cougar Postgame Live with Jason Shepherds coming up next here on the new skin, BYU Sports Network. It's time for Cougar Postgame Live on the new skin, BYU Sports Network. Now let's join your host, Jason Shepard. The BYU Cougars fall at home to Utah State. Final score from Lavelle Edwards Stadium, 45-20. to 20. Coming up during Cougar Postgame Live, we will let you hear from coaches and players. We are waiting for the head coach of the Cougars, Kalani Satake, to join the press downstairs. When he does, we will uh, join that in progress. In the meantime, let's update you on other action tonight in college football no top 25 games at all all of those games are tomorrow we'll get to those coming up in just a second besides our game tonight there were two other games in college football georgia tech at louisville the yellow jackets rolling on the road 66 to 31 in favor of georgia tech also a road win for middle tennessee at marshall middle tennessee with a 10 point victory at 34 to 24. As I mentioned, all top 25 action is tomorrow. It will get underway with number one Alabama on the road at Arkansas. That game kicking off at 10 a.m. Mountain Time, noon Eastern. Everything else to follow is number 19 Texas at number seven Oklahoma. Obviously, that rivalry game being played at the Cotton Bowl in Dallas. 
Also, number nine, West Virginia hosting the Kansas Jayhawks. Maryland will play at number 15, Michigan. Northwestern at number 20, Michigan State. Number 23, NC State will host Boston College. Number four, Clemson will head on the road to take on the Demon Deacons of Wake Forest. Number 22 in a battle of two top 25 teams. Number 22, Florida hosting number five, LSU. Florida State will travel to Miami to take on the 17th ranked Hurricane. Number 25, Oklahoma State will host Iowa State. Indiana will travel to Columbus to take on number three, Ohio State. In the Pac-12, in Boulder, number 21, Colorado, 4-0 and overall, 1-0 in the Pac-12. They will look to remain unbeaten as they take on the 3-2 and Arizona State Sun Devils. Number 12, Central Florida, hosting SMU. Number 13, Kentucky, will travel to Texas A&M. Number 2, Georgia at home, hosting Vandy. Number 8, Auburn, will head to Mississippi State. The team that BYU faced last week, Washington, they are 10th in the country. They will head to Los Angeles to take on the Bruins of UCLA. Nebraska 0-4 will try and pick up their first win of the season in Madison, Wisconsin. 16th ranked in the country will try and improve on their 3-1 record. Obviously, that one loss to BYU. Number 24, Virginia Tech hosts number six Notre Dame and the late game in top 25 action number 14 Stanford at Stanford Stadium hosting the University of Utah that game kicks off at 8 30 mountain time our final score tonight 45 20 Utah State defeats the BYU Cougars coming up on the other side I'll let you know how number one BYU women's volleyball did at San Diego it was a big match the Cougars Well, I'll let you know how they did. Here's a little sneak preview. Pretty good. 45-20, Utah State defeating BYU. We'll have more of Cougar Post Game Live next on the new skin, BYU Sports Network. This is Cougar Post Game Live on the new skin, BYU Sports Network. Now back to your host, Jason Shepard. BYU losing at home tonight, 45-20, the final score at Lavelle Edwards Stadium, Utah State defeating the BYU Cougars for the first time in consecutive seasons. Last time that happened, 1974. Next week, it is a uh, a late start, 8.15 p.m. Mountain Time kickoff. BYU taking on the Rainbow Warriors of Hawaii. Hoping to hear from the head coach of the Cougars, Kalani Satake, addressing the media coming up in just a little bit. In the meantime, let's let you know how number one BYU women's volleyball did at San Diego. This is one of those matches BYU has been rolling. They were undefeated. Hadn't lost a set in almost a month. This is one of the conference games a lot of people circled as a possible maybe stumbling block or at least somebody that would put up a fight with BYU well, BYU finally did lose a set after winning set number one, 25 to 21. The Cougars found themselves down 24-17. So it was set point for the Toreros, and the Cougars fought all the way back, tied it up at 24 apiece. The Toreros then would go on to score two points and win the second set. The first set the Cougars had lost since Marquette on the 8th of September. 
basically it looks like that angered the Cougars because from that point on, they rolled. In set three, the Cougars won 25-16, and then 25-10 in set number four. The Cougars now 16-0 overall. They are also now 6-0 in West Coast Conference play. This team is number one for a reason. They are really, really good, and there's not a lot of, uh, well, competition Moving forward, this is a team that can continue to roll if they're going to come out and play like they did tonight. Ronnie Jones-Perry leading the way with 23 kills. McKenna Miller with 15. Kennedy Eschenberg with 9. 46 assists for the senior Lindy Haddock-Epic. She is the quarterback of this team. They all talk about how important she has been and uh, an integral part as to why this team is playing so well. Again, 3-1 the final. BYU winning on the road at San Diego. All right, we will take one more break. When we come back, hopefully we'll hear from the head coach of the Cougars, Kalani Satake. If not, I'll let you know how the Major League Baseball playoffs are going. 45-20, BYU loses to Utah State. We'll have more of Cougar Post Game Live next on the new skin, BYU Sports Network. Cougar Post Game Live on the new skin, BYU Sports Network. The BYU Cougars fall at home to Utah State, the final from Lavelle Edwards Stadium, 45 45- 220. Major League Baseball playoffs are underway. All four games that were played today are a final. We will start in the American League. Game one of the ALDS between the Astros and the Indians from Houston. This one went the way of the defending World Series champions. The Astros defeat the Indians by a final score of 7-2. 12 hits to just three for the Indians. Also in the American League, game one in Boston at Fenway as the Red Sox host the Yankees. The Yankees made it interesting, but Boston wins this one by a run, 5-4, to four, the final from Beantown. All right, in the National League, game two in L.A. as the Dodgers host the Atlanta Braves. The Dodgers now with a 2-0 series lead. They win today at Chavez Ravine, 3-0. Earlier in the day, man, the Brewers, they are, uh, they are handling their business at home. Rockies really not putting up a fight right now. 4-0 the final as the Milwaukee Brewers lead in that series two games to none. All right, that is going to do it for Cougar Post Game Live. Your final score from Lavelle Edwards Stadium, 45-20. The Cougar Locker Room Show is coming your way next on the new skin, BYU Sports Network. Welcome back to post-game coverage of BYU football on the new skin, BYU Sports Network. Our coverage continues with the Cougar Locker Room Show. The Cougar Locker Room Show is brought to you by Utah Community Credit Union. Get more house, same payment at UCCU. It's what we do. Let's head live to the Bryant Heating and Cooling Comfort broadcast booth and join Mark Lyons along with the voice of the Cougars, Greg Rubel. All right, so back at Lavelle Edwards Stadium here in Provo, Utah. Utah State 45 and BYU 20 is our final score. BYU remains halfway to postseason eligibility, but they've been there the last couple of weeks now. They've dropped from 3-1 and one to 3-3 three and three yeah, with, again. with Hawaii coming to town next week before a bye week and then Northern Illinois to end the October uh, slate of games with all three of the games in October being here at home. Here's the plan we understand from BYU. Uh, Head coach Kalani Sitake will likely be first at the press conference podium. We will hear him in segment one of this uh, Cougar locker room show unless he delays much longer, in which case we'll take a break and come back, receive Kalani's comments on the other side of the break. Then we understand BYU will likely send a pair of players from each offense and defense to the podium, and those would be our plans to bring you those live comments in segments two and three of the Cougar Locker Room Show. Matt Wells' postgame comments also forthcoming before we morph into Cougar Nation now 
here uh, later on in this hour. And, the, well, later on the next hour, we're getting up to the 11 o'clock hour here along the Wasatch Front. Let's do this. Uh, we'll quickly uh, break. We'll come back. When we come back, Kalani Satake should be at the podium with us. That'll be next here on the new skin, BYU Sports Network. Kalani Satake is speaking to the press after his team falls 45-20 to Utah State tonight. Able to run the ball yeah well um so part of that is is uh, i think um utah state had a good good plan good scheme i, I don't want to say like we just didn't do it they, they're a good team and defensively they did good things up front so um i think a mixture of that and then we really didn't help ourselves up front but uh, in the run game but uh, the, the truth is they, they they stuffed us you know uh we Felt like we in, in in three games we had an identity of running the ball and um, need to find uh, evaluate everything and find find you know what what we're about. Kind of follow up on that. Is Squally anywhere near 100 percent right now as far as health is concerned? No, Squally had um, um, Squally was out of the game. Um, I can't remember exactly when it was, but yeah, he was able to uh, unable to return. Yeah, looking at the fundamentals of it, I mean, if I were to look right now without seeing the film, we missed a lot of tackles, you know, so um, uh, that that's not going to help you when you're missing tackles and with the defensive scheme, trying to minimize gains, and um, a lot of that is, I thought they, Utah State did a good job of getting our, their guys in space against our guys, and, and we failed to, to tackle them consistently, you know, so it allowed drives to keep going, and um, the the quarterback is a great quarterback. I was really impressed with him, just poised and and um, just ran the offense really well. And so uh, just, you know, caused us to struggle a bit on defense. You said you used multiple fronts in this game. Was it just a matter of you just trying to find something that was effective? Um, on, on we defense? did. Yeah, we were just, uh, I mean, we play an odd front quite a bit too. And then and, um, four-man front, so we, we'll, we'll go between the two. Um, really just trying to... Um, Find a way to disrupt, be disruptive up front, but you know they they with their RPO game, it's a really good scheme, um, especially when the quarterback's got time to throw it and read everything. And it's a it's like a it's a triple option, but with just a, a spread scheme, you know. And it's really difficult when the quarterback's like he's he's, he's just on top of it. And, and um, like I said, I was really impressed with him and their coaches and the scheme that they had. And we didn't help ourselves with some of the mistakes that we made as a team, but. Defensively, I'm going to look at the missed tackles first. That's something that we can correct right now, and then look at the film, and, and we'll evaluate everything on defense, offense, and special teams, and see, um, you know. And then I'll, I'll be able to answer more questions probably on Monday. But that's after the game. That's the one thing that I thought stood out the most. Were there conversations to insert Zach at quarterback earlier in the second half at all? As we go through the, um, all our positions, you know, if. if uh, that's that's kind of how we evaluate everything is um, who's playing at, at all the positions. So quarterback would be another one, and we compete every week with it. So we, for us, everything gets evaluated, and I can't exp- I don't know exactly when the, the, the talk came about Zach or anything like that. I, I'm not sure when he entered the game. Is at the end. I don't know how much time was left. Roughly six minutes or so. Um, but yeah, this. There's, there's a lot of things that, that we have to evaluate, and that's every position, scheme, all that stuff, and see where, where things broke down. But I say that with the fact that Utah State played a great game, and they're a great team, and, and uh, their only loss is to a ranked team and at their house. And 
uh, they came in here and, and, and gave us a good butt whooping. How big of a difference did it make that you weren't able to get points on that last drive there in the first half? Because you were trying to bounce back, and, and that was a moment where points might have kept some momentum. Yeah, I mean, even with the missed field goal, you know, I thought that uh, we still had some momentum. The the problem was the um, the opening kickoff in the second half. They just drove it down and uh, made some big plays, and, and we weren't able to, to counter it, you know. And so um, the hole just got deeper from there. And um, Yeah, just not the start that we wanted, and I know we made some mistakes that didn't help. Um, and that, that that's unfortunate, but really couldn't climb, climb out of the hole after that. And, and credit to Utah State, they, they kept playing. They kept doing good things uh, on all three phases, and we couldn't match it. It seemed like one of the strengths in the first month of the season was your sideline and team kind of always had a belief you guys were going to win. Was it deflating after that pick six, getting in a hole early on the heels of that you know, tough loss last week? Um, I don't know. I don't think it was deflating. The guys kept believing, and we kept, even on the last drive, the guys were a beat, you know. Just, uh, I, th- I think the... Um, I still believe. I believe in our players. I believe. I, I just, you know, we talked about in the, in the locker room. We, we, we're not playing BYU football. We're not playing our style of football. And, and, and our strengths, not utilizing our strengths. And as we evaluate everything, um, we have an extra day to really evaluate all of it and um, from top to bottom and, and, and uh, get this thing right so we can start on Monday and get a get good game plan and everything ready for the Hawaii game. Well, that, that's uh, I'll have to evaluate it again. I'm looking at the numbers. He threw the ball quite a bit, and it's because we're in the hole and trying to put up points, you know. And, and um, yeah, that, that happens. And, and uh, um, yeah, I'll have to see what what the what the reads were in the plays and the routes, and see how, and be able to be able to evaluate there to get give you more info on that. You do evaluate how aggressive to be because it seemed like you were running a lot of base stuff and not blitzing very much defensively. Offensively, you came out and really tried to run, but it wasn't working. Mm-hmm. And you evaluate when to start opening things up and really be more aggressive and take more risks. Yeah, that's always part of it. I mean, when you're dealing with triple option football on defense on the defensive side, it's really rough to. And I'm saying triple option with RPOs and all that stuff. It's really hard to just say blitzing is the answer. You know what I mean? Uh, we need to tackle better. We got guys in the right spot, just didn't make the tackles. And, and um, that's the one thing that I think we should have done better and that could 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 help us improve. And so um, if you're looking at, at, at scheme and all that, I'll evaluate all of that. And, and um, again, th- there's nothing that that's – there's nothing that I'm not open to, right? So uh, all of it – I'm open to all of it being, being evaluated. And um, that's my job as head coach is to make sure that, that we perform better. We just have not played – um, well enough as a team, you know, we had three really good games where I felt like we had an identity and, and knew what we were about, and then we, we need to find a way to, to rally that back. Any other questions? You also said earlier that it was important that when a quarterback's comfortable in this scheme, it's very hard, you know, that, that he made a lot of really good plays. What do you have to do to keep quarterbacks from getting as comfortable as he was in this game? Well, I mean, his, his, if you're looking at 18 for 28 is is, is – 165 yards is the big plays and the third downs that could really help ourselves in the tackling. I mean, it, I, when, when a quarterback, and he did a good job getting rid of the ball so quick, when they're getting rid of the ball so quick, it's hard to say pressure is the answer. You know, it's, it's sound football and seeing the quick throws and three-step or the, or the RPO throw and, and then making the tackles. And that from not being able to see the film, I'm telling you the tackles are the issues that, that, that cost us on defense tonight.
Pat's question. How do you feel the pick six early in that game affected the first, the, the first, first pick six? Yeah, I mean, great play by Tipa. It was on the fourth down. Felt like we, we could get that, that fourth down. Um, you know, it just wasn't, wasn't, didn't work in our favor, and then we couldn't tackle him, and that just it started off bad. But I, I feel like we have the talent and the guys on our team and the belief to respond from adversity, you know, and uh, it was just too much for us to overcome. And, and like I said, credit to Utah State. They're a great team. Uh, I think Matt Wells and his coaching staff did a great job getting those guys prepared, and we just couldn't get back into it. Thanks, Coach. All right, guys, thank you. All right, uh, BYU players next. 45-20 Aggies over the Cougs on the new skin, BYU Sports Network. This is the Cougar Locker Room Show on the new skin, BYU Sports Network. Now back to the voice of the Cougars, Greg Rubel. Utah State 45, BYU 20, our final score. Sione Takitaki and Zane Anderson at the press conference podium now. And, um, and uh, they got up early and we just couldn't get back. I mean, what were they doing in, up front in that run game to have so, so, so much success against you guys? Was it just tackling or were they doing something, kind of finding something? Uh, they were like the, um, they're running zones, stretches, all types of runs. But like I said, they just did it really well. And um, there was times where we stopped them, and there was times where they, you know, they hit that hole and got loose. So um, I feel like that just, you know, better prepara- preparation for us players, you know, because um, you know the scheme was there, you know, and we just need to make tackles and um, things like that, you know. Zane in. This, this has been a team that's prided itself in being able to stop the run. You gave up 223 yards on the ground today, and then I imagine that's that's pretty frustrating. What what do you guys have to do to to, to limit that and be able to to improve the, the performance against the run? Um, yeah, like you said, that's that's our pride and joy is stopping the run, and that's what our defense is. That's what BYU defense has three three or four years. And, um, yeah, that just comes down to really executing, tackling. Um, we're not doing the right fundamentals right now. And uh, that starts with preparation from individuals. individuals. Um, I feel like our coaches put us in a good spot, but um, we can prep more as individuals. Saying Kalani is aligned with us, that's not BYU football. Was it kind of a similar message he gave you guys in the locker room? Yeah, um, that's just not us. Um, last week wasn't us. This week wasn't us. I feel like those first three games, uh, we kind of built our identity as a tough, smart, smart team, and I feel like we're kind of falling away from that. So um, we just really need to gather together and link together and get back to what we do. So these two teams you've played the last couple weeks have been very balanced. They've run, pass, both doing it very, very well. How hard is that when you face the balanced teams and not able to kind of stop one or the other effectively? Yeah, um, so they ran the RPO. That's a, that's a good scheme when you're doing it really well. And so it's, it's hard because you think it's run, and then they end up passing the ball. And so I think they just did a really good job. And just like what Zane said, we just need to prepare better because we're, we're in positions to make plays, but we just had too many missed tackles and things like that. And, um, yeah, we just couldn't get off the field on third down, and, and uh, we just need to execute those plays and, and um, give our ball, give the ball to the offense, you know, a couple more times. So. We saw you in Butch's spot, that middle linebacker spot. Are you comfortable in the middle there? Yeah, I, I feel really comfortable playing middle linebacker or outside linebacker. But, um, yeah, I'm, I'm really comfortable. Thanks, guys. Thank you. Thank you. All right, those are BYU defensive players, Sione Takitaki and Zane Anderson. The offense takes the podium next. Aggies beat the Cougars 45-20 in Provo on the new skin, BYU Sports Network. This is the Cougar Locker Room Show on the new skin, BYU Sports Network. 
Now back to the voice of the Cougars, Greg Rubel. All right, so for the second time in the Kalani Sitake era, BYU had a 100-yard receiver. And in both occasions, last year at ECU and tonight home against USU, BYU lost those games. Talon Shumway, five grabs for 110, and Talon Shumway has sat down at the mic in the BYU locker room area now. fun was it to have the ball flying around and have chances to make a bunch of plays on, on balls in the air? Um, every opportunity to play is fun kind of in its own right. Um, but losing hurts. You know, so there's kind of two parts to it. One, um, you love going out and playing with your brothers. Um, and then you hurt together after. So it hurts, but... Um, there's nobody I'd, I'd rather be out there with, you know. And we all were out there for each other. We, that's why we play. Talon, you looked like you guys were finding a nice rhythm on offense there in that first half, and then that field goal gets missed. Obviously, a really long field goal gets missed to end the half. That kind of take a little momentum out? Uh, that's how a game goes. Momentum is going to ebb and flow the entire time. Uh, even within a, you know one drive itself, so uh, I wouldn't say that that was necessarily a, a huge focal point in the in the losing momentum. But uh, there's things that we got to do better. There's plenty of things I'm I'm thinking about now that um, I I would really need to work on. But that's what we're gonna do. We're gonna come back on Monday after we've watched film all weekend we're going to prepare for the next game and we're going to let this one go Talon, what did you BYU tight end Matt Bushman is also at the podium with uh, Talon Shumway next play resulted in a fumble Tanner, what, what did you see on that play which it was the you were in the back kind of the corner oh uh, yeah uh, out of the corner of my eye I saw the ball I also saw the corner um, it looked like he was you know, ready to field the ball. So um, I, that was a mistake of mine. That's one of the things I'm talking about. I, I should have scored that play. So that was a, a big mistake that I made. I, I went to break up a pass when it, you know, Tanner threw a great ball. And um, so I, uh, I kind of, <laughs> in that moment, kind of let everybody down. Um, but like I said, that's how the game goes. You know, let those things go and uh, improve them. Matt, how do you feel their pick six, that first touchdown they scored, affected the offense? Um, I mean, I don't know if it – those plays just sometimes happen. They, our defense makes – I mean, he just jumped up and snagged it, and uh, that just happened. I mean, it was fourth and short. It, it definitely was a momentum swing. Uh, it's unfortunate, but, I mean, our, I mean as an offense, we, we've seen – a lot of momentum swings this season with uh, defenses making plays. So I mean, at that moment we weren't we weren't worried, but it's definitely a momentum shift where it hurts a little bit. It puts our it puts us in a in a hole that we have to dig ourselves out. And I mean that happened a lot this game where we're just putting ourselves in holes and trying to find our ways out. And sometimes uh, I don't know we just got to figure that out. Start out fast and execute. Matt, in the first three games, felt like the offense was really establishing an identity. Do you feel after these last two performances that that might be gone, or you were trying to 
reestablish something new again? I think with every game, you come in with a game plan. I mean, uh, some games were run heavy, some games were pass heavy. When you go down 21 zip in uh, the first half, you got to start throwing the ball. I mean, you got to you got to take shots, and you have to kind of have to take a step back, not run the ball as much. And I think that's what we had to do. It was unfortunate, but um, yeah, you just have to you just have to make changes. Uh, and that's what we had to do this game. We didn't, couldn't really run it as much because we were trailing the whole game. And, and yeah, we just got to figure that out. We just can't, we can't uh, keep shooting ourselves in the foot. It seems like teams are playing you, at least in the first quarter, to be kind of run heavy or short pass game, really you know, kind of conservative and you know, avoid the turnovers. Again, you had to pick six today, but avoid that. How hard is it to make make it work when it seems like that's what defenses are expecting you to do? Um, I mean, they just came out. I think they just came out more more excited than we than we did. We kind of, I mean, we had we had chances to make plays, um, and it was just one block, one missed assignment, or one missed block, and that's uh, we got stuffed up the first couple drives. And I was just looking. I mean, we were one of nine in third down conversions, and that is not good at all. You're not going to win a game if you can't uh, get their down completion. So, yeah, we just got to, no matter what, I mean, we have we have talented players. We have talented coaches. Um, we, we're just not getting it done. So, I mean, even if, it, even if a team comes out run heavy or expecting the run, we should still be able to run our stuff and get, get first downs. Um, and we, just, we just didn't do that tonight. Either one of you guys, uh, what was your thoughts on, on Zach's last drive, that touchdown drives that type of stuff he's shown in, in practices with you guys? Yeah, like Matt said, um, we've got good players. We have talented players. So um, in any position, we expect guys to, to come in and, um, and play well. And you know, that's what happened. But um, yeah, just I mean, reiterating that. He's an athlete. So he's going to make good plays, and he's going to, I mean, whenever he's in, he's going to try his best to uh, help us succeed. So I think that's what he did when he had his shot. You guys were forced to throw the ball a lot in that second half, trying to catch up. You just feel like you showed a more dynamic passing offense. Is maybe a positive out of that? Sure. I mean, I wouldn't, I wouldn't say forced. I, um, you know, forced would maybe imply that... Uh, the coaches are panicking and that that's just not the case at all um something about coach Grimes is that he is he's a rock so um it was just a, a change of strategy maybe um but yeah we I mean we like throwing the ball we like running the ball so uh we'll find our groove and you know we've got all the confidence in the world in our coaches and in each other so um from this point forward I think Things are gonna have an upward trend. So. Matt, what's kind of the key? Just gut check, first thoughts. What's kind of the key to getting back that run game that you maybe saw in the first few games of the season? Um, I just think all of us have to step back and take accountability for the mistakes that we did. Um, I mean, the defense is working hard, and we're putting them in tough spots as an offense. So we need to. I just think. We just need to come out with confidence. We're, like I said, we're a talented group, um, and when we're confident, we're rolling. There were times in that game where, I mean, we 
got our first touchdown, we, we just we were playing fast, we were playing loose, we were making plays. So, I mean, I think we just have to take uh, this week, we just have to humble ourselves, be, take accountability for our actions when we're watching film and learn from it, but also just forget it. You have to have a short memory of football and you just have to move on. So, All right, uh, Talon Shumway, Matt Bushman, and that'll wrap up our Cougar Locker Room Show coverage. You've heard from Kalani Sitake, Sione Takitaki, Zane Anderson, Talon Shumway, and Matt Bushman. Coming up next, you'll hear from the head coach, Kalani Sitake, as he joins Mark Lyons and me up here in the press box in our broadcast booth as we continue our coverage of Utah State 45, BYU 20. Mark, it's been a while since we've heard from you. You've heard from players and coach Sitake in the press conference setting. What's on your mind? Well, uh, I was just going to mention that uh, Matt Bushman was a little bit more involved this week, four of uh, catches for 78 yards along the 32, and so uh, there were times that he was able to get open. I uh, uh, I was kind of surprised to find out that BYU tw- threw 23 passes in the first half and 27 passes in the second half. It wasn't all that much different, so they were already in kind of a pass mode, uh, and so... Um, I thought in the second half they were a little more effective in the passes that they threw. BYU, uh, Tanner Mangum got sacked the one time, and on that sack he ended up fumbling. Uh, That was unfortunate because in the second half I thought he did a great job of eluding pressure, getting out, moving away from the pressure, and finding somebody downfield. He did that uh, two or three times where it uh, helped him in their touchdown drive. So uh, all in all, the big part is I'm I'm going to agree with Kalani uh, in that uh, boy oh boy those little backs just went through and people were missing them they just missed them by a lot and I thought the tackling part was uh, not what they expected uh, in the second half particularly in the second half so they had 34 uh, 43 yards in the first half and they ended up with. Um, Two hundred and twenty-three yards. They ran for hundred and eighty so yards in the second half, which uh, was just alarming to me that uh, they were able to put that kind of uh, rush game together, and BYU couldn't stop them in those first two drives in the second half, which really killed them. That's Mark Lyons. I'm Greg Grubel. Kalani Sitake joining us on the headset next, as we continue with the Cougar postgame coaches show on the New Skin BYU Sports Network. Postgame coverage of BYU football continues with the Cougar Postgame Coaches Show. The Cougar Postgame Coaches Show is brought to you by Mountain America Credit Union, guiding you forward. Let's rejoin the voice of the Cougars, Greg Rubel. All right, so welcome into the Cougar Postgame Coaches Show, and we'll kick off the show without the coach, but with our big-time performance of the game brought to you by Bank of American Fork. Enjoy a free checking account that can earn you big interest with the MyRate checking account from Bank of American Fork. A couple of options, Mark, but I think uh, uh, certainly two of the finalists would be the two guys who just spoke at the podium a moment ago, Matt Bushman and Talon Shumway, in terms of a big-time performance of the game. Who do you like? Well, Shumway made the big play to get him uh, you know, on the move when he made the catch on that long post pattern. And, uh, d- uh, boy, he made a terrific catch down there on the final drive on that back yeah. shoulder throw. Um how many, how many catches did he have? Let me just he check had five for a buck ten. Five for a buck ten. Uh, long was 46. 
I got to go. Talon Shumway. Talon Shumway. Okay. All right. It is Talon Shumway with our big-time performance of the game. Career high in yards, 110. Didn't get in the end zone, but getting in the end zone for the first time as uh, Cougars were Gunnar Romney and Dylan Colley. And it was in our pregame show that I talked with Mitch. It's about that fact that I thought those two guys would figure prominently in the BYU offense. Not really so much to this point, but tonight uh, both had touchdown catches. Gunnar 2 for 26 in a score, and uh, Dylan 1 for 9, and his one catch was a touchdown. So they both got their first touchdowns at BYU. Lopini Katoa picked up his fourth touchdown in three weeks here at BYU, and uh, Zach Wilson had his first touchdown pass as a Cougar as well tonight. So there were some memorable firsts for BYU. Yep, and uh, some of the young kids were the guys that were making a lot of those plays. All right, having uh, come upstairs from down at the Cougar locker room area and popped on the headset, BYU head coach Kalani Sitake now joining us here on the Cougar postgame coaches show. Kalani, rough night. I think it was the first thing you said downstairs was rough night. Yeah, just uh, not what we uh, expected, not what I expected from our team. And um, uh, thankful that we had a lot of fans here and, um, you know, just disappointed in the result, obviously. But, um, yeah, just uh, just a lot of soul-searching right now. And um, just, you know, um, just wish you wish it would have been different. But uh, uh have to evaluate everything and get back to it and, and uh, get back to work and, uh, we have a game, you know, uh, take that extra day to get prep and get, make sure we get ready for Hawaii because Hawaii's going to come in here and, and they score a lot of points and uh, we have to find a way to, to win that game. We're midseason at 3-3 three and three right now and, um, you know, we, we, we haven't played well enough and haven't even played a full game of BYU football like I like to see it. So that's going to be the goal, making sure we get that done next week. Kalani, you talked about it being unexpected from your guys uh, relative to what you expected from Utah State. Did you see what you thought you would get? Oh, um, yeah, just a lot. I mean, you know, the, uh, like I said, I thought they, they were ready to play. Their guys' uh, um, quarterback was really impressive, uh, made some really good decisions, you know, and and uh, we just didn't help ourselves with the turnovers again. But um, that doesn't mean that, that – uh, we are the ones to blame, you know. The Utah State is a, a great team. I thought they played a great game and and played well enough to beat us. We didn't do our part and uh, wasn't competitive enough, not even close to what we were were capable of doing. The thing that surprised me the most was the challenge that BYU had in running the football. It was, uh, boy, they shut things down early in the game. Uh, I thought that that was going to be something that you'd be successful at. Yeah, I wasn't expecting that in the second half, uh, for sure, and um, we're disappointed in our in our. I mentioned it after the in the post game that I just thought our tackling wasn't good enough, you know, and and uh, um, and thought that our D line should be a strength for us, and it wasn't uh, on defensively. So, uh, really need to get back to it. I, I this, the the blame is plenty there for all all uh, coaches and players, you know, myself included, um, but. Uh, I thought I thought defensively we would have, should have played with better technique and and um, tackling is a fundamental part of football and we didn't do that well enough and gave them a lot of second second chance but making making plays getting first downs and gaining more yards and that was the that was the issue on defense. Early in the game when it was still scoreless, uh, BYU got a 48 yard field. You got the short field uh, after an early early switch of, of field position. And it comes to a fourth and nine pretty quickly. Well, the play before it, Micah, I thought had the had the yards for a first down. I think he tried to make a play, and in making a play, may have come back of the line, and it sets up fourth and one. Fourth and one, you never think is going to turn into a pick six. Yeah, it's a unfortunate. I think great play by Tipa Ngaliai. You know, he made a great catch, and uh, you know, but uh, 
I have to see it on film again. It's just a, you know, all we needed was half a yard. I'm not sure, but I think it was half a yard, and uh, that's something that we're struggling against right now with our fourth down. So, um, you know, looking back at it, that cost us seven points. We should have just punted the dang thing, you know. But uh, I, I have a lot of faith in our guys to get that much yard, that that sure. that yard or half a yard or whatever it is. And uh, you know, with the play call throwing the ball that's a risk you take is throwing the pick and fortunately we couldn't tackle him and a great play by him or incomplete but the play would have been there I, I do think that uh, El Bakri had a few steps on the defender and if he just lobs the ball up and over you got a chance to that you maybe pick up 15 or 20 and get things rolling yeah th- there's a lot of the hypotheticals that we could do through this game and I'm looking forward to get to work right after this and making sure to try to find a way to put our guys in better position, and uh, that's why i, I got to do that as a head coach. In a game where you lose by, by 25, you know, you, there's no real sense in parsing every particular drive out of a game. It would have been nice had you been able to hit locker room, kind of like Seattle. It would have been nice had you not had to go down 21-zip at halftime to just put some points on the board right before the break to give yourselves a bit of a shot in the arm. It didn't happen. You went a scoreless drive uh, right before halftime, and it just uh, didn't give you the, the boost you needed or wanted there. Yeah, we need to find a way to get the belief up, you know, at halftime and, and – uh, you still have half a game left and, and uh, opportunity to still uh, compete. And, and um thought our guys played hard. You know, we just got to – you just got to find a way to get it clicking on all on all phases, special teams, defense, and offense, and um, just couldn't get it going. And, and I give credit to Utah State because they did a great job at, at what they do, and, and they were able to get some yards and get some drives and get some points on the board. You've been outscored uh, 38-7 in the first quarter of games this year. Can you put your finger on what's happening early that just not putting you guys where you need to be? Uh, just need more sense of urgency to start the game right, and that's where I come in. That's that's my job. So I, um, you know, I, I I've talked to you about playing four quarters, and let's just start right. You know, so that, that's that's got to be a key and. Um, there's a lot of things that I have to evaluate in, in, uh, with the team with the extra day that I've been given, and so I'm going to take advantage of it and evaluate everything I possibly can from um, the top to the bottom and, and um, make sure that we play better and sound football, play BYU football. We just haven't done it, and it's midseason, man. You know, yeah. so that's, that's like I said, that's my fault, and, and it's on me, and that's my job as a head coach is to, is to get that fixed. All right, we'll take a break. We'll continue our conversation with Kalani Sitake. Head coach is, uh, of the Cougars is with us as BYU falls to Utah State tonight by a score of 45-20. to 20. More with the coach next here on the new skin, BYU Sports Network. You're listening to the Cougar Post Game Coaches Show on the new skin, BYU Sports Network. Now, back to the voice of the Cougars, Greg Rubel. By the end of the night, uh, total offense numbers were very close to one another. Utah State's 38 and BYU's three, uh, 388 and Utah and BYU's 361. But the scoreboard uh, tilted in Utah State's favor. 45-20 is our finals. The Ags win it in front of a 58,000-plus here at Lavelle Edwards Stadium. BYU head coach Kalani Sitake is with us in the broadcast booth. And, Kalani, whether you get asked on the air or off the air, you've kind of given the same answer when it comes to positions on the team that uh, everything is a it's a season-long competition at every position and, and, and that no one has a job locked in. You've got to keep playing week by week, including practices, to keep your job where you want it to be. And I think tonight, because of the way the game went and because of how well Zach played when he came in, maybe the quarterback competition has been more visibly reopened. Um, can you speak to uh, what Zach brought when he did come in 
and where you think this position stands with uh, another extra day again to get ready for Hawaii. Are we back to a spot where guys are playing to start uh, the Hawaii game? <laughs> yeah, uh, I'm going to evaluate everything like I mentioned before, and and so uh, everything's open to it, you know. So the um, the competitions. I mean, we we've put a lot of guys on the field, and, and whether it's true freshmen, tight ends, or receivers or um, linemen. I mean, we've we've played uh, quite a bit of guys because they've earned it. And so, um, yeah, that's that's uh, the thought now is evaluate everything again. And and as we get closer to the, uh, the you know, mid, we're mid-season right now, and uh, really no one is a, um, a newcomer anymore. There's guys have practiced long enough and played long enough and under the scheme that really the competitions could be open in every every position. And um, being able to put the guys out there, it's, it's going to be our our job as we we evaluate that. But uh, I was proud of what Zach did when he came in, and and the other freshmen that played, and other guys that came. We had Tanner Jacobson played a lot of reps at safety, and Sawyer Powell. And those guys came in and did some good things, you know. So um, really, every position is going to be evaluated again, and and we have to do that in order to get the best guys out there, and also get our depth better. We've had some injuries, and that's just part of the game, but. Uh, yeah, as we get closer to that, I'm, I'm going to really look at this film. And, and uh, from every position, we'll, we'll see what we can do um, and, and improve and give our guys a better chance to win next week. Even though the game was late and you were down big, you didn't put Zach in the game to hand off. You put him in the game to throw and make plays, and that's what he did. He threw and he made plays, including a 26-yard run, which was the longest play of the night on the ground for BYU. The next longest run was five yards. So clearly Zach has a gift that way. Does he do enough? Um, to where he becomes a viable option for you because of the things he does that are different? Um, it's just, it, I have a lot of confidence in him, and I have a lot of confidence in, in a lot of our players in every position. So um, the answer is the talent is there, and, yes, everything could anything could happen. So uh, I'm, I'm open to all of it, you know, and as we uh, get closer to, to the game, I'll probably have more to tell you next week. But um, I'm anxious to get these guys in this sense of urgency to get our guys out there competing and, and put them in a position where um, the decisions need to be made on, on every position, on who the best guys are to start the game and then who the best guys are to continue and who has a role and, and what role can we play everybody in every position. And I know we're talking about the quarterback, but that's it. I'm, I'm talking generally about every position that, that, that we have, all 11 guys. One of the things that did happen tonight was on that uh, your first scoring drive, uh, everything seems like you've been playing in this umbrella that everything, you know, every, the defense is just pushing you in and in and in. And finally, you made a couple of completions over the middle, uh, broke everything up, threw a couple of long balls, got them to back off a little bit. And in doing so, it seemed to kind of open up the pass game a little bit more. Yeah, I, I think the um, defensively they did a good job at, at, at keeping the run game at bay and, and – you know, we, we didn't help ourselves with Squally getting banged up yeah. and, and getting knocked out of there. So, the um, and yeah, we just couldn't really get anything generated with that with the run game like we've done in the past, yeah. in in prior weeks. And so, um, whatever it takes. I mean, we we feel like we can do a lot of different things offensively to help us score and get better position. I'm not, I I believe in just doing whatever is best for our team. And so, um, if that means opening it up more and throwing more, then we, we can do that. We we've talked about. There's going to be games that we can throw more, and there's going to be games that we can run more. And, and all I care about is getting the win. So when you talk about scheme and, and offense, defense, and special teams, all I care about is winning. And whatever gets us the best chance to get the most points on the board 
keep the points off for our defense and special teams can you know kick and field goals punt get yeah. field position that's all I care about and that's that's my mindset going into this weekend and that's that consistency part because there are many times that uh, man you're just ready you're on the verge ready to make the plays and then that consistency on tonight uh, on offense I'm talking uh, just weren't able to keep those drives going it's been too many games that that's been the case yeah, and I, I'm not sure what we were on third downs, but that was disappointing too. Yeah. So one for nine. First half, it was. You ended up yeah. uh, on uh, one for nine, yeah. Yeah, one for and nine. And just trying to find ways to win on first down and, and defensively not give up so many yards on first down. And, um, you know, I, I just I felt like the. Uh, uh, I keep going back to the tackling on defense. I think we gave them way too many extra plays yeah. uh, with, a, with a lack of tackling, and that's something we got to fix in, in with the fundamentals and in practice. We're. Uh, we'll, we'll tackle in practice every day if we have to. That's just not going to happen again. Yeah, there were some times that the angle that they were taking just missed those quick kids, but I think their speed was elusive. Yeah, and they're, they're a good team. I mean, I, I said I, I think they, they have the possibility of having a great season, um, and, and they played like a, a great team yeah. today, tonight. Not not saying that uh, we that we couldn't do anything about it. We just didn't help ourselves with the lack of fundamentals and technique, and I keep coming back. That's my job. I'm, I'm the coach. So, um, yeah, I'm going to evaluate everything and then figure this thing out. Not every catch to make is an easy catch, but, man, there were drops out there tonight that I wouldn't have expected from your guys. It seemed as the game went along, it was like more drops. Yeah, all that's concerning to me. And, and, and um, yeah, so as we evaluate it all, that's going to keep coming back to everything. Yeah. Uh, before the game, we talked, I think it was off the air, about the turnovers, and you were minus six in the margin last year in Logan, and that's tough to win at minus six. And even though it wasn't minus six, it was minus three, and they had no giveaways. And so if you go minus six, minus three, you're probably not going to win either of those games, and that's the way it turned out for you. Yeah, and I, be- I believe the um, one is a pick six, and then the other was a real short field. Short field, 35 yards. I'm not sure what the last one was. I think it was midfield Tanner's, maybe. Tanner's uh, got yeah. sacked and lost the ball. And, so they, and they turned all three into touchdowns. Yeah, and that's uh, I mean, that's not going to help you. You know, we t- I talked about turnovers specifically with the team, with you, with everyone. Mm-hmm. And um, just the uh, – you just can't neglect that. You just can't sit there and say, say okay, well, that – you know, we're, we won't turn the ball over. You have yeah. to work hard at not turning it over, and that that was frustrating. We – we had the pick, and I think the other two were fumbles, right? And yeah. So um, I think it's down Hulker's fumble, yeah. and also Tanner. Tanner. Yeah, yeah, so that's that's that cannot happen. And defensively, we didn't help ourselves either. We didn't make any plays uh, by creating any in chaos or any disruption or anything like that to, to get the turnovers. Well, you've had the emotional swings here in six games, uh, Kalani, from uh, a season opener to winning in Madison to the last couple of weeks that kind of feel like. Uh, uh, you're you're kind of you know bottoming out a little bit, and in terms of the recalibrating, getting back to where you want to be, do you see the potential for these guys to to be the team you know they can be that you saw glimpses of in Madison? There, <laughs> we're a talented team, and it's not working. That's my job as a head coach. We have to play better at home. That's my focus now. We we have not played well at home, and um, this is Lavelle's house. We talk about protecting it, and it, it's important that our guys understand how how much that means to us and the fans and everyone and we need to show better, and, and it makes it makes sense that we have a, a game at homecoming next week, so it's perfect timing, homecoming against Hawaii, and um, it's a great time for us to show it now. So, uh, yeah, that's 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 all the focus is going to be on that and protecting this home and, and playing better at home. So I know what you're saying, coaches, that uh, 
you come over here expecting it to all come together tonight, and here we go. It's game day. You show up, and it's game day, and you got to get out there and get it all done, and you expect it to happen the same way that you see it in practice. And so next week you're going to look at that same situation and say, this is the week that it's going to go. Yeah, I sound like a broken record right now, but things have to have to be different uh, if we're going to get things yeah. better. So um, whatever it takes to win at home, we're going to do that and find a way to, to make that work next week. Uh, our fans deserve better. Are you of the belief, Kalani, last thing for you, that you've got to get to a certain point before you can really move up from that point? And do you think you've reached it with these guys? Did, 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 is something really going to sink through to these guys, do you think? Or I hope so. I mean, because we, we talked about it in the locker room that it's just – Mr. We were letting opportunities go by of these games and not playing our best, and yeah. and I can live with it if we're if we just get beat. That's okay. If we played our best and and they still beat us tonight, then I can live with it. But but the the what ifs is just way too many times, and um, that's just you know we we haven't played great quarters. We haven't played good back to back quarters enough, you know, to give us a chance. And um, the sense of urgency has really got to take place this week. Yeah. And it's just it, it, all the little things. Everything matters now, and that's it's gonna be the focus. And then I, I, if I'm gonna if I'm gonna expect it from our players, and as a head coach, I need to do it myself too. I'm confident it's gonna happen. Appreciate it. Yeah, that's we're gonna get we're gonna get done. All right. Well, uh, best wishes in the process as you get these guys back to where you you want them to be and need them to be. And uh, again, you're at the halfway point. It's uh, it, it's six of twelve. You've played six, and you've got a pretty good sense of both the good and the bad. And and hopefully, there's more good than bad remaining in this team because there are still some goals to reach, right? I believe so. And we have a great talent on the team. Just need to get consistent um, as as a group and uh, score a lot of points and stop people from scoring and play sound football. And that's uh, going back right back to the fundamentals and um, yeah, and evaluate everything and 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 uh, make the decisions that need to be made. And um, and that that's what we're gonna go with. Okay, we'll see you next week, Coach. Thanks, guys. Appreciate it. All right, thanks. So. That's Kalani Sitake. And we will come back with Cougar Nation now next here on the new skin, BYU Sports Network. You're tuned to BYU Dining's Cougar Nation now. BYU Dining, the classic BYU tradition. Have a scoop today. Be a part of the show. Tweet your questions using the hashtag BYUCNN. Let's head live to the Bryant Heating and Cooling Comfort broadcast booth and join Mark Lyons along with the voice of the Cougars, Greg Rubel. Welcome back to the broadcast booth here at Lavelle Bird Stadium. It's Greg and Mark, and Mitchell Jurgens has joined us from the Cougar locker room area as well. We're going to get underway with Cougar Nation now. Fire away, folks, on the Twitter, hashtag BYUCNN, hashtag BYUCNN, or you could tweet directly at Greg Rubel. We'll get your questions and comments and see what kind of discussions they provoke here as we wrap up tonight's game. 45-20, Aggies over the Cougars here in front of 58,000-plus at Lavelle Ever Stadium. Before we get into your comments, let's hear those of Matt Wells, the head coach of Utah State. He spoke with the press after his team's a very thorough victory here tonight. And intern Lindsey, Lindsey Peterson, was down in the Aggie locker room to get these comments. Awful proud of our guys. Um, just coming off by week, their preparation, everything that they did all week, their investment level. Um, tremendous job by our coaches. Uh, it's a team win. Uh, wasn't perfect in in either phase, or I guess all three phases. Um, we overcame some adversity. There were a few things. I mean, we had dropped touchdown right first play of the third quarter. Um, some things on defense, but I'm gonna tell you what we we did a great job in our front seven, um, stopping the run. I mean, anytime you you hold any team under 50 yards rushing, that's a tremendous job. So hats off to Keith Patterson, the entire defensive staff, our our defense, and. 
Um, thought Jordan played well, Ron Quavey and Jalen. I mean, you, big players got to make big plays in, in games like this and um, look at it across the board. And I thought both running backs made plays. Um, senior Aaron Vaughns, um, I already mentioned Jalen Green and Tarv, uh, Rockmore, Gage. Um, there's a lot of guys that stepped up our D-line led by Chris Unga. Um, I'm just really, really proud of them and, and the effort that they uh, put forth. That's a big win. That's a big program win. Um, it's, you know, our mantra really all week was one game, you know, one trophy and a lot of pride, and that was it. And it didn't have uh, a lot to do with the Mountain West, and I wanted to make sure that that was pretty clear. I think you just heard that from John Trail, and um, it is, it's one game, and, and um, there's a lot of pride for us at Utah State in a, in, in a game like this. And so um, really, really proud of our, our assistant coaches and, uh, and our players. Can't be more proud of them. So go ahead and open it up. Uh, what is for it any about, questions? Coach, what is it about the bye week that, I mean, you're 7-0 and now as a head coach after the bye week. What is that? I mean, I know you mentioned that, you know, you guys are locked in and focused, but just you guys continue to win after that bye week. Um, I think it's a credit to our players. Um, we've kept the same schedule all seven bye weeks, and it's a mix of – um, conditioning and, and practice and young players and recruiting. I've gone over it a million times. I don't know. There's just, I think our players have bought into it and, and everybody around the complex knew we were 6-0 and coming off bye week. Um, does that automatically give you win? Heck no. No way. Um, but I think it gives everybody a sense of uh, confidence and I think that was breathed into a lot of those players by our assistant coaches and um, they worked hard and they had a good week and they came out and, and played well when on, on a big stage. Matt, I mean, how much did your defense set the tone with pick six and your ability to swarm to their running backs? I mean, you're really yeah, stopping the run. Number one thing we, we needed to do uh, the pick six by Tifa was obviously a, a momentum changer early in the game. Obviously, um, historically, the rivalry between these two teams, you guys had beat them in back to back games since like the 44, 1973, the year I was born, 1974, the year after. We're exactly. perfectly aware. Exactly. Yeah. Uh, how much did that factor in going into this game, and how big is this win for your team? Oh, I, we're not going to over. It, it has nothing to do with the Mountain West. It has everything to do with a lot of pride for a lot of guys that have played at Utah State before us, uh, before me. Um, you know, any you know, it was a big one for us uh, four years ago when we came down here in '14, because that was 38 years. Uh, since Utah State had won in Provo in 44 years since we won back-to-back. Yeah, they knew. Uh, I promise you our players knew that. Uh, that, was a big, that was a big deal. But it doesn't it doesn't win us a bowl game. It doesn't put us in the Mountain West Championship in the month of November. So we'll keep it into perspective. Um, there's a lot of – there'll be a lot of to correct, just like John Trell said. I think it's a – you saw – what you saw is some senior leadership and in, in a very level-headed kid that says there's a lot of good. We'll praise a lot of the good. We'll correct a lot of the bad. And we'll go right back to round two in the Mountain West starting on Monday. To rush for 223 yards against a pretty physical defensive front, what does that say about your your offensive line and the running back? I think it says a lot, Dana. I think um, you know that was going to be something that we talked about all week is, is stopping the run on defense and um, running the ball when we wanted to run the ball. Um, it's it's one thing to say it and it's one thing to go out and do it. So my hats off to the O line. Uh, every one of those guys across the board, tight end Dax Raymond, Carson Terrell, uh, both running backs. I thought our, our wideouts blocked really well on the perimeter. So it's a we block for each other. You do, if you don't block, you don't play in this offense. And David Yost makes that really clear.
it was a decent end, ending to the first half. Good last few plays by the defense, but you really came out and asserted yourself the first few drives of the third quarter. How, how big of a deal? I think the opening drive of the third quarter was huge, huge. Um, and there was a, even a, you know the the drop pass on the first play, just a little bit of. You know, um, but we overcame. What a play by Darwin Thompson! Maybe the play of the drive uh, when we threw the ball in the flat and he broke some tackles down the left sideline down there, or my left, or as we looked at it, our left. But uh, yeah, I thought it was a tremendous drive by the offense. And um, you know, it's kind of like we do what we do at the end. We throw a fade ball to Tarver and he comes down with it. All right, that's uh, Matt Wells, head coach of the Utah State Aggies, reflecting on his team's. Uh, he, clearly a, a significant win for the program. He was well aware of how long it had been since the Aggies had beaten BYU in back-to-back games, and they have now done that, 45-20 tonight. This is BYU Dining Cougar Nation now, brought to you by BYU Dining and the BYU Creamery. BYU Dining and the BYU Creamery, the classic BYU tradition, have a scoop today. We'll take a break. We'll come back and get to your comments on hashtag BYUCNN, hashtag BYUCNN for Cougar Nation now. Greg and Mark and Mitch taking your comments and chatting it up on the new skin, BYU Sports Network. You're listening to Cougar Nation Now on the new skin, BYU Sports Network. Here's your host, the voice of the Cougars, Greg Rubel. All right, uh, Greg Rubel, Mark Lyons, and Mitchell Jurgens, your broadcast crew, back up in the booth as BYU falls to Utah State tonight by a score of 45-20. to 20. You know, there was a time in the early in the game and it was uh, Micah Simon makes the catch on the third and ten that he gets nine yards on. I so want it. Cause what's, the, what's the one thing I, I tell you about, Mark, more than anything when we talk about fourth and one, that the NFL does that nobody in college ever does anymore? The quarterback, the quarterback sneak. sneak. I so wanted. I so, so wanted, wanted it to when go they up spotted there the, when they spotted the ball a it. yard short, I so wanted BYU just to run up there and sneak quarterback, make the one yard, and go. Instead, timeout was called. They drew up that play that resulted in the pick six, and then their Utah State's off and running. I just want – well, I just I, again, that, that was just like me and my, yeah. my heart of hearts, wishing that I somebody like would do it finally because it almost never happens in college. It may, but some. Well, some but, but, except but, for last week against Browning. Well, yeah. <laughs> well, they were three for three. Yeah. I mean, I mean again, they yeah. do it. Yeah, I know. Yeah. Uh, so, uh, but on the other hand – Dang, you're in the you're in the middle of the field and you've got them sucked up and they're going to come jump on that running back and you flip it out to the back that slips by out there. Yeah. And you got all of a sudden the, the big play that breaks everything open and you get the momentum and you're on a roll and I just want to I see did the it. same thing yeah. against Orem yeah. in the state tournament <laughs> in 19 <laughs> I forget when it was 84 and um uh, yeah, I just want to see quarterback sneak work one time, so I can say, "See, it works. It well, still works." Well, we we missed the tight end on that play too, and it was an incomplete pass. But had he caught it, oh, it would have been a big play. Well, a couple <laughs> things went wrong. I, I you know they they should have gotten the yard they needed on on the third and ten, and then needing the fourth yep, and one. They it all, it all went the other way. Yep. Of course, this and is they uh, should have uh, they they and it went. You took them two times because they took a timeout. Some, I guess. Uh, Utah State. Who took the timeout? BYU took the timeout. Yeah. But, man, there was nobody over the left guard. You come up there and snap the ball quick, and there's no way you're not going to make it. Aaron Bagley on the Twitter with the hashtag BYUCNN says, with the season already halfway over, do you start Wilson or redshirt him? Uh, they still have the uh, the four-game rule. He's not played the four games yet. Um, and I think it's a question that uh, certainly Kalani and his staff will, by necessity, address here in the extra day and in the week to come before Hawaii. Uh, clearly, uh, he's he's got a lot to his game, doesn't he? He's he's fun. He, he came in and and made some plays with his legs, and 
and uh, has got all the arm you need from your guy. Had the longest run play by some distance for BYU tonight as well. Interesting that BYU's longest rush from anybody was uh, five yards, Lopini Katoa. Yeah. yeah that, uh, that 11, uh, so Lopini's long was five. Eleva's long was three. Micah's long was three. Squally's long was two. Tanner <laughs> uh, had a loss of 15 yards o- on the night. And then uh, Zach Wilson came in and tore off a 26-yard gainer. Yeah, he split the – Made some nice moves on the way. Split the blitz. And uh, once you split the blitz, man, yeah, you're trying to decide who should I fake on my next move? <laughs> who do I run away from? And he did – but he did do a heck of a move. Man, you even heard me say, ooh. You did say that. replay. At Chaplin Schumann says, when will the BYU offense come out of hibernation? 36 points in the last 10 quarters. That's 3.6 points per quarter, and that's true. And and uh, aligned with that is just, a, man, I wish BYU could find a way to, to figure out the first quarter. It's just not happening early. And, and they're such a good team in the lead, but they can't get themselves in front right now. And they've been outscored now 38-7. to in the first quarter of games, and uh, they're such a good team with a lead and just having a real struggle getting on top when falling behind, and lately they've been falling behind. And Mitch, maybe, good time to welcome you in and say uh, maybe you just bounce back some of the thoughts and the things we've already talked about, including the cold starts that have just been problematic for BYU from the start here uh, this season. Yeah, it's it's a, it's a weird little thing that BYU has gotten themselves into, and, and I don't necessarily know the answer to why they – you know, if they struggle out the gate, they struggle the entire game, and um, and we heard it in the in the uh, post game press conference with the players and with Kalani that that's just not BYU football. Um, so it's not something we're used to seeing. Um, they've they've got to come out and change some things and uh, and find the rhythm that BYU football um, has to be a good team and be competitive. Um, there were just a number of things that. That just didn't look right tonight, um, and and along with, you know, a lot of fans for BYU, you, you know, they're probably questioning, um, you know, where what's next um, after two big losses, big margin losses, and and you hope that you know they could put the pieces together because they have the talent. Um, if anybody questions, is BYU, you know, a really legit team? They beat Wisconsin, and and, and we know that it's possible, but they're in a rut right now, and. And they've just got to find um, what's going to pull them out and and be a competitive team once again. And because BYU is in a rut and they do need to pull themselves out, I think that that opens up uh, more than before uh, consideration at quarterback. And while Kalani rightfully talks about it being more than just one position, it's the most visible and important position on any team. And uh, uh, it's just one drive, right? It's the, it's the last drive of the game uh, for Against BYU. Against the backup unit. Well, it's it's 3:46 to go, and 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 <laughs> BYU is going to lose by a big margin. So it's not it's not it's not a hyper competitive situation that you said you'd like to see him in. I'd like to see him in. Yeah, but and that said, you know it, what he does is real, and and the jolt he gave the sideline and the team on the field was real, and so I think it's something they'll have to at least uh, assess. And I, uh, but uh, the part that in this game tonight to me was that Utah State was one of five in third down conversions in the first half and four of seven in third down conversions in the second half. And they ran for 180 yards in the second half. It was a complete turnaround for them as far as what they were doing on offense. I agree that uh, uh, Zach Wilson has excellent uh, speed and uh, he brings a, a little bit of charisma to it. But on the other hand, 
it was this game was lost I think and what Kalani was talking about and that little back running by people and them not even able to swat his foot and uh, missing a, a lot of tackles uh, missed beyond a lot it. of tackles yeah. and just gave up an enormous mem- number of yards for a half of football when they didn't do that right. in the first but, half. But it may be more what uh, what Zach can do that that will that will tip things in his favor because mm-hmm. that 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 26 yard run is 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 the thing that jumps out from tonight's uh, box score. Well, well, I like the scramble that uh, Tanner eluded, rolled out. How did they mm-hmm. get away from mm-hmm. and find somebody open and gets him the football? Yeah, and Zach can do that too in addition to run 26 yards down the field and make moves at midfield. So I, I, I think there are some things he can do that are going to make the discussion more lively, uh, both in the uh, staff room and, uh, and, and, and in uh, the press conferences here in the days to come. Again, you're 3-3, three and three, all right? Uh, you're, you're trying to get to 6 and then some. And, uh, and, and there ultimately has to be a question of, uh, of uh, some investment, too. Uh, you know, can, can, can the rest of this season result in an investment uh, in, in the future? And, and who is most likely to provide a return? Well, I did like the combination of Wilson to Romney. It was uh, as Gunnar Romney made a nice move to stay in bounds, make a guy miss, and uh, get in the end zone. That was another nice play. Okay, what jumps out from tonight's box score? Every player who scored a touchdown for BYU was not on last year's team. <laughs> was not active last year. But Katoa, yeah, Katoa and Collie and Romney. Kali. So these are all new people. So, so again, the ghosts of four and nine are being exercised in visible ways. Uh, these are new people, and there are there are a lot of young, good guys on this team. I, I really do think that this is not. Uh, uh, going to be some crater from which BYU never emerges. There's a lot of youth, and the youth is getting reps. And one of the young guys to get reps and meaningful reps, I thought, was Zach Wilson at the end of tonight's game. And, and again, his time is coming, and the question is just how soon it will come. He's a unique talent. I again, I, I just I, I've seen enough to think that he's going to be special for BYU. And uh, and you know, I guess it's a question of how soon we'll actually see uh, the full complement of his game. But there's no there's no denying he 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 did some things that that are different tonight and uh, and and might pay off in a more high pro, high profile setting. Who's to say? I know it's not my decision to make, <laughs> and the guy in charge will have to. Uh, I think he spelled out you know pretty well what what the criteria criteria will be, and it will be who gives us the best chance to win the next game we play. Yeah, and and to add just one thing about, um, I guess the advantage of a dual threat quarterback. Um, in in the last two games, uh, Washington and then today, uh, Utah State, they, they brought a lot of pressure. Um, and when you bring a lot of pressure against a mobile quarterback, um, if he can get out of the pocket, um, there's a lot of running lanes. There's a lot of ability um, or um, possibilities that a quarterback can take advantage of by doing what teams have done against us, against maybe a pocket quarterback. Um, and so there, there are some things that could open up the field. But once again, like you said, this is going to be a decision, and 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 Kalani has, you know, it's 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 up to him, and um, he'll evaluate the game film and and decide who the best guy to to win games will be. Okay, I have one question that maybe we can get uh, somebody to answer. We'll do it backwards instead of uh, them sending us. Uh, their question i have this question kalani said tonight and he even answered it uh and you just mentioned it again they're not playing byu football i don't know what byu football is right now byu wants to be wisconsin and lsu and 
that's ball control, pound it hard, uh, take away the opportunity for Hawaii to throw for 400 yards. So that's that's BYU football right now, I think, is pound the rock, control the clock, and uh, complete drives with scores. And uh, I don't know if uh, – and, and then you take away Hawaii's opportunity to score a lot of points because you control the football. Is that what your feeling is? Because I'm looking for – he with, explained with, it. I wrote it down what he explained, and I'm going to find it here sometime. Hmm. <laughs> That's – Oh, here it is. Because uh, I wondered, what is BYU? And here's said, take what you can get, minimize mistakes, be patient. Okay. That's what I think the current setup is. I think it would change with a different quarterback. I think BYU football will look different with a different quarterback. I think they would change the definition with a different guy. You think? Uh, I do. Uh, and and I, I'm not saying. I, I'm just saying. I think it would be a different definition with a different guy. I'm just saying. At D A Lee eight zero four two says BYU's not making quarterbacks work hard enough for completions. Yeah. What gives? Question mark. Mark, this is right in your wheelhouse because you've been beating this drum. Yeah, I've been hitting this pretty hard. I don't know. And tonight BYU played a lot of men, uh, and I thought they did a decent job in playing men of coverage. And so, uh, uh, and, and there were a couple times that they did force. Uh, well, they didn't force him. He just chose to throw early. I think, uh, talking about love, and uh, I just think that BYU has to be more creative in the way they they bring pressure and uh, and. I think they have to take the risks because here's my opinion, and I've mentioned this before, and here's why I'm such a supporter of that. Um, the first game that I ever broadcast, 1980, was BYU, Jim McMahon playing New Mexico. And New Mexico uh, came with all different kinds of blitzes, and it went like crazy, and they beat BYU. BYU had, like, one completion to the tight end that – made a play that looked like, oh, they're going to finally break out of this, and, and they didn't. And in Paul James's words, he would always say this, Joe Lee Dunn had him dropping out of the sky. <laughs> I know. So <laughs> I, I'm a high school coach, and I was. I wrote down all their blitzes, and we took them to our school at Olympus. We were undermanned against a lot of teams we played, and I felt so bad for the quarterback at Roy the next week after we put that in <laughs> because those guys kept their yard splits and just let our linebackers kill their quarterback. <laughs> I, just, I just call them off, coach. Call them off the defensive. And um, when you're undermanned, you've got to take advantage of something. You've got to force them to beat you. You've got to make them. Don't sit back and let them beat you. You've got to go get them and, and force them to beat you. So if you attack, which uh, Utah State did quite a bit in the second half, uh, they came with more people than BYU could block, and you have to find a receiver in a hurry, and you saw that the quarterback threw it too quickly, and uh, there was an incomplete pass. And when you have third and 19, man, you go get him because he's going to throw that quick release to some guy, and you've got a man-to-man cover. He catches it, and you tackle him, and they gain eight yards. And so I really like the attitude of getting after him, making that quarterback make mistakes. And uh, I, th- I think that uh, BYU plays a lot of ev- – almost every time that uh, Utah State came out in twins on both sides, BYU was in the exact same defensive position. And they played the the same defense. And if you know what you're going to get when you go into this formation, I know what they're going to do. They've done it every time. Now I can attack it. 
So I like the idea of changing things up to where you, you don't know what you're going to get. Well, that's me going off. For, thank you for that uh, forum, though, Greg. Yeah, no, I appreciate, I appreciate it. Yeah. <laughs> I felt bad tonight uh, for Tanner Mangum with as many drops as I thought his guys made. Uh, I, more, than, more, more than can be expected from any team. And it was, it was, after a while, it was, it was like uh, I, I, I would call a catch, and then I'd have to say that because it w- it's going to be a catch. I can see the ball is about to be in the receiver's hands. I'd call the catch and have to change it to a drop. I did that more than a couple times tonight, Mitch. And as someone who prided himself on, on his hands, um, it was uh, it, it became like a, a bit of a plague here tonight. Yeah, you know, as a receiver, catching a ball when you're open is is a given. If you can't do that, then I mean, it, it, when I was a player, you don't step on the field. Yeah. Um, what allows you to to play at this level is you're catching balls in practice that you shouldn't be catching. Um, if there's four hands on the ball. You should be the one that that pulls that ball down. Um, if there's, you know, if you're if there's contact at the point of a catch, um, the players that play are the ones that come down with those catches. And what we've seen from the receivers, uh, we've we've seen a few of them, but not nearly enough to um, tell you that these guys are are almost ready to take on this big stage. And um, as a receiver. You, you know, and like I mentioned before, and, and I, I don't know how else to explain this, but it's it's a given when you're open that you catch the ball, but it's it doesn't stop there. You have to make catches in traffic, contested, um, tipped by other players. That doesn't allow you the ability to drop the ball and be okay with it. Excellent. Well stated. Uh, we will take a break. It is BYU Dining's Cougar Nation now. Hashtag BYUCNN. Hashtag BYUCNN. On Twitter, and it wasn't all a Mangum issue tonight. Uh, again, he 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 did actually some things that will show up very nicely, both in a box score, a box score, and on film. Uh, but yet, it'll be a question that, uh, because of how things have transpired, uh, will generate a little more heat here in the uh, in the week to come. That particular position and what BYU might be able to get out of it, not only against Hawaii, but in the uh, remaining five games after that, as BYU now has hit the halfway point of the season, halfway still to postseason eligibility. Coming up a little later on in this program, we'll have uh, trivia for two half gallons of famous BYU Creamery ice cream. This is BYU Dining, Cougar Nation now. Hashtag BYUCNN on Twitter back after this. Let's get you back to Cougar Nation now on the new skin, BYU Sports Network. BYU Dining, Cougar Nation now. Greg Grubel, Mark Lyons, Mitchell Jurgens, your broadcast crew. BYU falls to Utah State by a score of 45-20 to 20 tonight at Chaplin Schumann, retorting or coming back on Twitter with uh, what has happened to the BYU rushing game. Uh, BYU in three wins has run for a buck 83, a buck 91, and 161 in three losses. BYU has rushed for 91. 34 and tonight 39 yards yeah I I was really surprised uh in the film that I've watched uh, Utah State Uh, I do like what Utah State does on defense they have three down linemen and then they have four linebackers and those linemen don't sit there and sit where right there in that spot so they'll take an inside gap or they'll take an outside gap or they'll even make two men gaps they'll come two men and then the lineman steps out to block him in that inside gap or outside gap. They don't check him off to the other lineman because he lines up in my position. He's head up on me. I got him. He's my man. 
So when he takes the inside gap, the lineman steps down inside to push him all the way through the hole. But then that linebacker has that open shot because he's already taken up this this block of this lineman. And now the linebackers, who are quick and agile, and I think they're very good. They're their top four or five tacklers. Uh, they then are able to fill, and, man, they were solid tacklers all night. How many times did we just look at it? It looked like when a lion pulls down a, a deer, you know. Antelope. <laughs> and, yeah, an antelope. He comes after that antelope, and he just grabs him by the shoulders, and clump, 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 they're down. And I just felt like there were so many times that Katoa got into the line and then whoosh, was just pulled down to there like he was an antelope being eaten by a lion. Or a gazelle. A gazelle. I wanted to say that. Or an impala. I want the one that's the water thing. Is it darker animal? Wildebeest? Yeah, wildebeest. Yeah, yeah <laughs> that's the way, the wildebeest. I, I'm all over those kinds of, de- you know, you, you, you want, uh, you, want uh, uh, you know, animals of the savannah? I've, I'm your guy. <laughs> you are also my Kirk Herbstreet. <laughs> <laughs> so a uh, question um, from Chris Butters, at CA Butters on uh, Twitter. With BYU displaying such dramatic inconsistency this season, what are some of the reasons for that, and what are some keys for BYU to develop more consistent play? That is the mystery of the first six games. We've seen the high of the highs and the lows of the lows, and it's the same people for the most part. And it and it's and I just the, and I just don't know. I mean, I know how excited Utah State was for tonight's game. Not a conference game for them, but they knew that it had been forever since they said we could beat them in back-to-back years. You could clearly tell how amped up Utah State was for this game, how they coached it, how they played it, how long guys played, all those kinds of things. I just don't, and I have no real way to judge it because I wasn't hanging out with these guys all week. I just don't know how BYU felt about this particular game relative to how Utah State feels from the other side. So following up last week's game, I anticipated a good offensive performance today. That's what I was assuming was going to happen. We all talked about it. The the fronts are the same pretty much from last year and this year, except that BYU is probably better than they were. Well, And so is Utah State because they're the same guys and they're probably better. But BYU dominated the line last year, particularly in the first half before Hodge got hurt. They did a great job of being able to control both lines. And so I anticipated it was going to be a similar performance tonight that uh, BYU would be able to control and be able to do those things they have to do, run the ball up the middle in order to be successful and get four and five on first down so that you have a short yard, what Utah State was doing. So for what occurred, I was really surprised and kind of, concerned because by now the consistency part has to be taken care of at this point in the in the season i anticipated that they're going to say okay we've got this all worked out we've played enough good downs that we can go ahead and continue to play good downs and i thought it was going to happen and so i was quite surprised that uh, byu did i so I like that Kalani says that we played hard, and I do think they play hard, but I just didn't think there was as much fight in them tonight as I've seen in yeah. the past. So on that note, uh, at Ed McKell tweets in, um, where is the dynamic leadership from coaches and players, or players and coaches? I watched the sideline throughout the game, and from top to bottom there was little to no emotion. And there's a debate about the value of emotion in a game, especially a game that goes three and a half hours. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, I, I hope that, 
there, that there's been a bottoming out to where they've been kind of uh, scared straight, if you will. Yeah, that's where I thought. You know? Yeah. And, and you thought the scared straight moment might have come Happened last week. last week. Yeah. yeah, I really thought it was last week. And I thought, uh, okay, this is it. Well, yeah, and, and you think about that, too. Um, when we played Wisconsin and they played jump around, there was energy. There was emotion. If jump around came on in the fourth quarter here, <laughs> I don't know if we'd see the same reaction from our players here at Lavelle Edwards Stadium. Ooh, that would have been a and good thing to identify. Tonight. I just, it's... Just to catch them off guard. Yeah, I mean, it's a question that I feel like BYU plays better when they're emotionally invested and you can visually see it. Um, and, and you're right. I mean, it, it just doesn't feel like we're seeing that right now. Our friend Cam um, tweets in, and he tweets about how the O-line, he says he feels, is protecting well and creates a decent pocket. He says, you feel like Tanner may scramble too quickly. He's a good pocket passer, says Cam, but maybe not so good as or as good when he scrambles. Although he did make a couple nice plays outside the pocket tonight. He, he says, I'm just wondering if you guys are seeing the same thing. And then he notes, I'm just a hockey player, wink. <laughs> <laughs> and, and, and a fearsome hockey player at that. Uh, I like the one advantage that you get when you leave the pocket, uh, even though it, it's probably you shouldn't be doing it. But the one thing you do is you change the line of the angle of where you're going to throw the football to the receiver on that side. And it takes away some of the angles that the defensive player has advantages and he's used to playing. So he's used to playing in this cover position of trailing underneath by a yard and behind for a yard. And then when the ball comes, he's able to make the play. And if you change the angle of coming from the middle of the field to now I'm out there outside the right hash mark, I'm on the uh, scramble. Now I can get that ball out there, and the defender is not going to be able to get to it. And I felt that's what happened on the pass to Shumway. Shumway, uh, Tanner threw it to the middle of the field. Shumway was able to get to the football. The defender was right there with him. He actually dove to make the catch, and the defender was on his back, but he made the catch. And so uh, it changed the angle of how Tanner could throw the football. So uh, this all comes about because... uh, we ran short sprints, so we always set up outside the tackle just so that we change that angle of delivery to the wide receiver. Yeah, and I honestly think Tanner feels more comfortable out yeah. of the pocket, yeah. um, especially rolling right. And so whether you know Tanner is wanting to get out of the pocket just so he can feel more, more comfortable and, and see the field a little better, um, that could be that could be one of the reasons why uh, maybe we're seeing him get out of the pocket earlier than maybe he could. Um, but from from my perspective, it seems that he's just maybe a little more comfortable um, yeah. on the run, especially moving right out of the pocket. And he had guys grunting right in his face, you know, and he had linemen, you know, that were reaching up over our linemen. He had claws coming at him. They had bad breath. And I imagine <laughs> he could tell all of those things. So sometimes you just get out of there to get, a, you know, a fresh mint feeling. I want to mention a Mangum and a Wilson, but not the Wilson everyone's talking about. Tanner Mangum now has 548 career oh. pass completions. Oh, man, Mark Wilson. Which puts him past Mark Wilson for 10th place in BYU quarterbacking history. Mark Wilson's 10th place? Now he's 11th. Man. And he passed Gifford last week, right? So Tanner Mangum is now, uh, is now 10th in, uh, in passing completions. Yeah, he passed Steve Sarkeesian and Mark Wilson tonight. So how about that? Yeah. So Tanner Mangum is now in the top ten in career pass completions. We mentioned earlier how he's now 
uh, 12th. He's the 12th BYU quarterback to go over 6,000 yards in passing. The top 10 ends with Steve Sarkeesian. Don't answer this. There's one player between Steve Sarkeesian and Tanner Mangum in career passing yards, and for two half gallons of famous BYU Creamery ice cream, who is it? That's our question. Hashtag BYUCNN. The first correct answer using the hashtag BYUCNN will win two half gallons of famous BYU Creamery ice cream brought to you by the BYU Creamery. It's our inside scoop trivia. Did you say yards? I did. Say career passing yards. It's the classic BYU tradition. Have a scoop today. So if you know the answer, tweet it in using hashtag BYUCNN, and uh, you will have two half gallons of famous Creamery ice cream. Just be the first in with the correct answer. Question is, who's between... Tanner Mangum and Steve Sarkeesian in career passing yards. Okay, Steve Sarkeesian had 7,464. Tanner Mangum's now at 6,000 plus. And there's a guy at 6,935 passing yards who's between Tanner and Steve. Who is it? Which quarterback has 6,935 passing yards and is 11th in career passing yards ahead of Tanner Mangum and just behind Steve Sarkeesian? That's our question. You're chuckling like you think you know the answer, or I asked a bad question. No, I'm chuckling. No, I'm chuckling because I think it's going to be one of the no-namers. Do you? Yeah, that's what I was thinking. And I'm thinking, oh, man, it's a no-namer. But I'm probably wrong. I think Hmm. I'm wrong on this one. Well, the three answers that have been submitted are all wrong. No. Okay. I'll tell you that right now. I've just seen three answers so far, and none of them are correct. Hashtag BYUCNN. Who's between Tanner Mangum in 12th and Steve Sarkeesian in 10th in career passing yards with 6,935? First correct answer using hashtag BYUCNN will win two half gallons of famous BYU Creamery ice cream. We're back to get our winner and say so long after this on the new skin BYU Sports Network. Listening to Cougar Nation now on the new skin BYU Sports Network. Here's your host, the voice of the Cougars, Greg Rubel. So Tanner Mangum tonight became the 12th BYU player to pass 6,000 yards, 6,000 career passing yards, and uh, that puts him in 12th place. Steve Sarkeesian's in 10th place. Then there's a guy in 11th with 6,935 passing yards, and the question was, who is that player? I said the first correct answer using hashtag BYUCNN on Twitter would win the two half gallons of famous Creamery ice cream. And here are the answers coming in. Gifford Nielsen, no. Max Hall, no. Steve Young, no. John Walsh, no. Those guys are all above him, right? Mark Wilson, no. Mark Lyons. (laughs) Virgil Carter, no. John Walsh, more John Walsh, some Riley Nelson, some more Mark Wilson. Some Gary Shidey. And then I see a Taysom Hill. <gasps> and that's the correct answer. Taysom Hill, 6,935 passing yards, which is pretty good. Yeah. Then when you realize he rushed for 2,815 yards as well, that makes him uh, that makes him an all-timer. Like a 9,000-yard <laughs> yeah, 9, total offense. Yeah, 9,744 Yards of total offense. Only Ty Detmer, Max Hall, and John Beck had more total offense yards than Taysom Hill. Taysom Hill's the correct answer. So at Ty Nielsen 3 is our winner on Twitter. And I'll uh, I'll slide into your DMs. We'll get your deets, and we'll get the ice cream out to you. Yeah, man. Yeah. So way to go. Way to go, Ty Nielsen. Ty Nielsen. 
Wow, he's named after two of the greats. It is, yeah. Ty Detmer and Gifford Nielsen. Yeah. yeah, he's got both going on for him. <laughs> All right, uh, folks, that's probably going to do it for tonight. It's uh, coming up on 1230 Mountain Time, and we'll be off until uh, eight days hence. It'll be a Saturday night game against Hawaii next week. 815 Mountain Time kick with a 615 Mountain Time pregame. This was the Friday night conference special, and it goes Utah State's way by a score of 45-20. Do I get to talk? You do. My last bit? Oh, absolutely. Don't go home and kick the dog, or you're already home already, but uh, uh, you're going to wake up tomorrow, and you're going to feel confident that things are going to change. And uh, I can see that in the future. I can see things are going to happen, and uh, we're going to see. We're going to be proud again of the Cougars. Uh, It's a hard thing to deal with to uh, lose to Utah State lose two in a row by a whole bunch of points. And uh, I just think it's going to happen next week. you got one more week to put it back together, and I like Scared Straight. They are, they should be in that frame of mind. Mitch, closing thoughts? Yeah, um, I, I completely agree. I think um, their backs are against the wall. Um, they are experiencing... Uh, in my in my opinion, they're low of the season. Um, I think it only gets better from here, and and that's because and, and I heard Talon say it in um, in the post conference or the uh, post game press conference that they're going to be humbled. I mean, they have to be after two big losses, and um, I think this team goes about it in the right way. I think they recognize that. Um, that it's going to take a lot to be the BYU team that um, that one they hope for, but that BYU Nation hopes for. And it's going to take um, a lot of gut checks and, and seeing which guys are really ready to compete um, and who are willing to, to change and, and put forth even more effort. Um, and, you know, I, I believe in this team. I believe that, that they can um, get bowl el- eligible. Um, it's They're halfway there, you know. Uh, three more wins, and and so I think they can do it. Um, and it's just going to be up to them to decide how they want to go about their preparation and um, and and go from there. So Hawaii's a good start, and um, it'd be good to get a, a win here in home, uh, here at home at Lavelle Edwards Stadium. Yeah. I think I think BYU's lost six of the last nine here now at home, which is uh, very unusual. So uh, lots for the coaches uh, to break down between now and the next time they play. And again, uh, you know, by 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 making a quarterback change late in the game, uh, the coaches knew uh, what the consequences of that decision might be. They could have clearly finished out the game the way they had. They weren't going to win the game. They could have finished out and not made any change. Uh, they chose to make a change, and by doing so, have uh, have reopened the discussion. And it's not solely a result of quarterback play that BYU finds itself where it has been the last two weeks. It's clearly not the point. There's a lot going on. There there are. As many missed tackles uh, as 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 well, there are more probably more missed tackles than drop balls. But both are neither of those things are the quarterback's fault. And they're okay? both focus. They're both focus problems, I think. And I know they work hard in practice. That, and I just think that they got to see that there's going to get. They're just going to get better. Yeah. My point being that a missed tackle is not Tanner oh, Mangum's yeah, yeah, fault, oh, yeah. and a drop ball is not Tanner Mangum's fault. And those things are all happening around him. Okay, but because of how things have transpired and because the, the, the coaches chose to make a change late and because of what we saw, uh, it'll be something that uh, gets addressed. And that's just a fact of life. And it's not terribly fair or just or 
perfectly isolated relative to responsibility, but it will be something to talk about and that will be discussed before the obvious reasons. Uh, and the fact that you do have um, a, a future, I think, productive player uh, showing glimpses, and the question is how much do they want to give him and how soon. No one has a birthright to anything on this team, and no one will be able to say they weren't given a chance to do the things they uh, hoped to do at a very high level, uh, no matter what transpires. Mark, anything else from you? You good? Yeah, I'm good. I'm getting geared up for conference. Okay, which is we're just hours away. Yeah, I know, and I hope I can stay awake. <laughs> <laughs> all right, for uh, Mark Lyons and for uh, Mitchell Jurgens and all of our entire crew, which includes a lot of people, uh, back at BYU Radio, Nathan Israelson and Terry South and interns uh, Blake and Aaron tonight, Sean O'Neill and Sean Fay and Don Shaline, our engineer, Barry Squires here with the interns Lindsay and Sterling here at Lavelle Bridge Stadium. The BYU media relations staff, always excellent in assisting us with uh, Duff Tittle and Brett Pine and Kenny Cox and Jenny Wheeler and Kyle Chilton and all those good folks. And um, there are probably other people that I need to credit that I often forget. But uh, I'm going to make sure I don't, I don't miss Ralph Sokolowski, our stats yeah. guy. I'm not going to miss McKay Perry, our spotter. And uh, I think that's... Barry. Got Barry. And I mentioned Sean Fay already Yeah, okay. back at BYU Radio. So I think I got everybody. All right, so for Mark and Mitch and all those folks, I'm Greg Grubel. Thanking you for tuning in. Final score is Utah State 45, BYU 20. In the meantime and in between time, this has been BYU Football on the new skin. BYU Sports Network. Good night. So long from Provo. You've been listening to live coverage of BYU Football on the new skin. BYU Sports Network. Coverage of today's game has been brought to you by Siegfried and Jensen. Siegfried and Jensen has been helping Utah families for over 25 years. BYU Football is also proudly supported by Ken Garf Honda, Nissan, and Volkswagen in Orem. BYU Football is a production of BYU Athletics in association with BYU Broadcasting. Special thanks to BYU President Kevin Worthen, Vice President Matt Richardson, Athletic Director Tom Homo, and General Manager of Corporate Sponsorships Casey Stauffer. BYU Football is an exclusive presentation of the new skin, BYU Sports Network.